And do stay tuned for James and In Your Face up very, very shortly.
Thea Riley there. Get it together. And I am honoured to have Thea in the studio. Hello, hello. Welcome to 3CR. First time here. Hi, James. That track. Tell us about Get It Together. All right. Well, it started a long time ago, way, way back, 2017. Uh, I transitioned socially from 2016. So this was like after 12 months and I was just like fed up and then there's kind of like resurgence over the years and I would think about it but I knew it wasn't the time because the version wasn't ready or I didn't know enough about like queer rights and what we needed or yeah there's just like a lot uh in there that I thought I wasn't ready for so but now this is the year and I don't know I just feel like to to sing that advocate message you do have to put a bit of work in so i waited a long time but it's gonna come out singing and dancing and everything so i'm very excited i love how you sit on your songs you know you you record something and then you'll kind of sit on it and produce it and sit on it some more yes yes for sure for sure i mean you must be constantly writing i am constantly writing yes and always uh there's like a duality of the me that writes the songs versus the 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 version of myself that like uh critiques them and maybe adds the music and i i don't know it's a lot of different things so you feel kind of split up but um i i got it from america when i worked there with my ex-husband so it's very label um dictated even though we're not really in that world anymore so you're um, it's from way back so you're like you know you're like a performer a, a songwriter singer but then there's this part of you that clicks in and becomes the producer yes. that uses a different part of your brain and skill set yeah almost like when you stand up straight and you realize you've been using none of your back muscles the whole day <laughs> um so yes uh, it's not it's not complicated at all just kind of um sometimes you're not in the mood to do things and that will mess with your productivity um but yeah the time in america <laughs> i mean it sounds like it was a kind of a traumatic time in the end yes a little bit uh but it's given you a great grounding yes for sure it was my first experience of the world in a lot of ways um and being in a band with my husband i just felt very stevie nicks vibes i felt very um just free and in love and able to express myself and that's where i discovered like all my femininity was like pent up and uh really from that point to now is like my transition so i mean what jumps out to me is you were so young but you did yeah. so many 22 trance collaborations with highly yes. successful uh, and really high achieving and motivated DJs like Giuseppe Ottiavani and this goes on. Yes. I think I was just very honoured to like have these DJs kind of support my community because I'd had people say to me like, I'm not going to work with you because I just can't support gay people or this before I transitioned. So that's what they said to me. Um, so anyone that came to me and said, we like your voice, they were affirming also my feminine side, which was, like, pretty amazing. Um, but I guess they were promoting not not trans rights, because I wasn't out then, but they were supporting the queer community by asking me to work with them, and I didn't, like, get paid or anything, but I just... 
I really wanted to do it. <laughs> so it sounds like there was a dichotomy happening. On the one hand, you got lots of support from the queer community, but on the other hand, you encountered mm. all of this queer phobia in the music industry. Absolutely. What yeah. was that like? Awful. Oh my God, double-edged sword, good and bad. I would say I have tried very hard to let go because like you said one hand I'm being affirmed the other hand people are saying can't you sing more like a man can't you butch up for us you know the same thing pop stars went through in the 80s 90s 2000s (laughs) still going but yeah really 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 had to unlearn that as a trans woman so that's really how it's been um and I'm still in the process how did you end up on the trance scene? Because that's really heavy clubland stuff with a very. very demanding audience. They loved your stuff. They did, especially in, in Mexico, places like Thailand. My songs would chart five years after they came out and I know Thailand is like close to my heart because of um, the trance community. Um, yeah, I don't know, just such an opportunity and I don't want to get emotional. <laughs> Oh, it's good to get emotional, especially when you're talking about your I, They asked me and I literally jumped at it. So I don't, I don't even know how to answer your question. I literally jumped at it. Well, <laughs> it gave you a superb grounding. And look at the people that you, you worked with. I mean, I think there were 18. For sure. 18 yeah, 17 or 18. Collaborations. And they did chart everywhere. Yes, it's amazing. I still am in shock and don't completely believe that, that, that it's real. We're going to play another one of your tracks. This is You'll Never See.
Good afternoon, everybody. My name's Theo Riley, and that was my song called You'll Never See. Uh, it's a little bit more emotional of a track for me. I actually was kind of struggling through family issues by myself and didn't really need to. But sometimes you take on that burden. So I decided to process it um, by writing a song, which kind of started with a letter and then taking select parts of that, sitting down at the piano, because um, that reminds me of my family home growing up. Um, and even though it's all guitars and disco beats at the end, it did start on the piano in that very emotional space. But I am also very proud that over the last 10 years being in the dance music scene, I've been able to learn that production. So that's, I think, as good of a representation of my life and me as I can give you. The track really takes you somewhere, doesn't it? Like it starts off soft and then it becomes really bouncy and kind of juicy. Yes, it needs the joy. That's the <laughs> trans joy that I want to promote. <laughs> and also just, um, I think, disco and RuPaul talking about disco watching Drag Race over the years. I was like, yeah, that's that's not for me. I mean, but it brings such joy. I had to had to go there and do that. Yeah, and I can tell that you really love that track as well. Like, um, yes, is it one of your more special ones? I think yes, because um, I mean, in some way, it is a link to my dad, and he kind of treated me better after um, they realised that I was queer. So he really did his best to kind of heal our relationship, even though we don't talk anymore. He really was not. He was not unkind, so, yeah. Tell us about what you're writing at the moment. Okay. Um, at the moment, I am actually writing... Um, before I started learning to produce, I was a pianist, mostly influenced by jazz and soul and um, songwriting. Um, so this is my return to that. I'm writing an album... Um, and it's heavily influenced by Michael and Janet Jackson and all of the Jacksons <laughs> because I just loved their music. And it was some of the only music we were allowed to listen to growing up, like the Jackson 5, not not anything else. But then as I got older, obviously I just um, got to know their music very well. So I'm writing like all of my feelings. There's just a lot of feelings being trans in how you're treated and how you want to be treated and things you feel like you need to say and obviously music is where I feel I'm able to speak so I'm putting it there um, and one of the songs the main songs that it set the theme of the album is called what are you going to do with your body because everyone asks that question even when you look your best even when you put all the effort in in the world uh, so it feels like it's me this album is me saying I'm not the problem you're the problem do people really ask you that? Uh, yes, constantly. Constantly? Constantly. That's so rude. <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, and I would like to leave the house much more often. So um, that's something I'm working on too, and it's influencing my music as well, kind of really talking with community and seeing everyone's experiences and what we all want. Uh, it's important. I mean, you moved from Newcastle to, to Melbourne. That was like not that long ago, maybe 12 months ago, a bit more. Yes, 
<laughs> and what's that experience been like in terms of being oh a trans God. person being in Melbourne after Newcastle? I have seen things, but not as bad as it could be. I definitely think it's better than Newcastle. Um, but I still don't really go out after like 9pm. Uh, so there's kind of, that's my boundary, my protection for myself. Um, but I do love it here so much. That does not invalidate how I feel about Melbourne. I love it here. Um, so I'm very at home, I think for the first time ever, despite me just, you know, keeping my safeties that I have. And you skateboarded here as well. I love that. <laughs> yes. Because I don't have a car anymore, which I think is for the better. Because um, <laughs> it gives me exercise and that makes me remember dancing and all the other things I used to do as a kid that just make me so happy. So here it is with me today, yeah. You said before that the Jacksons and, you know, Janet and Michael, they were among the, the few acts you're allowed to listen to. It sounds like you had a pretty strict um, background. <sighs> yes. Yes, um, I would. I do call it a cult when I talk to my friends about it, but um, some aspects of it, we did have a social life, but it was such a small piece um, that I think it much more leans towards a cult. So we had religion, we had uh, Bible study three times a day, we had... Um, church and youth group and this is all like in a very old old church that my family had been in for like the second or third generation so uh yes music pulled me out of it for sure and not because of necessarily the lyric content but just the joy even from the things my mother taught me about music very classical focused but growing up looking towards christian pop then pop the Jacksons uh, and that brought me to production so it's sort of that's it's very 20 years old and under very very young me we're going to hear another one of your tracks this is 2am tired eyes and very honored to have Thea Riley in the studio here at 3CR
Hi, you're listening to 3CR. My name's Thea Riley. That was my track, 2AM Tide Eyes. It's a tribute to my insomnia. Over the years, starting as a teenager, I would write songs in the middle of the night in a cupboard. Then as I got older, uh, I would produce in my mother's music room late at night when it was not being used. Nowadays, uh, it hasn't really changed. I'm currently working under the stairs producing music so <laughs> there you have it <laughs> 2 a.m tired eyes under the stairs yes <laughs> so what is it is it is it the acoustics like tell us about that i don't really know i did figure out very early on that cardboard boxes are very easy um vocal shields <laughs> uh, cardboard boxes and egg cartons so that kind of fixes the acoustics. And you've got this boxy sound because it's a small, untreated space. <laughs> and you're just saying, you know, like during lockdowns, people were like, you know, making radio shows under tables and blankets, you know, so I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Resourceful is, is the key. So tell us about this album that's um, in the pipeline. Ooh. Well, it has been... I think eight years since I got back from America, 2016. So that's about how long this album's been cooking for. Uh, Mostly because I had to learn so much production techniques for dance music. And I remember Amy Winehouse was really told to like work on her lyrics and like she's driving her family home late at night. (laughs) So that's what I started doing with this album, just like looking for the perfect version, which is sometimes kind of productive. But, um, you know, during my trans journey, I turned to the album when I needed it. And I think that's where all the motivation comes from. So it's very, yes, technical. Yes, it had to be a certain standard because of my history. But yes, um, it still has all my heart and soul in it. So, yeah. Do you find that the fans that you had before you transitioned make demands of you now? Um, I find some of them a little bit cold towards songwriting and the personal stories um, and very invested for themselves. Um, whereas I find my own music where I, I really care to share my story and that's when I find my community and people reach out to me not just asking for more of the same but actually sharing their stories with me and just in comments on Instagram and even people I've known from 20 years ago from my church that came out later than me like oh my god just so many conversations that the music industry I guess and trance didn't necessarily bring me so I've had to be independent and like go through being independent but it's so worth it of all of those artists that you collaborated with those 17 18 producers djs is there one that you would love to collaborate with again yes i think um when i worked with giuseppe ottaviani he refused to auto-tune the vocal um and that really stuck with me as a way to accept my voice Whereas others were a bit brutal, <laughs> I could um, I could really hear myself in his song, and not this filtered out uh, 
squashed in electronic version, which I've been guilty of too sometimes as a result when I go to produce my music. So I really, I held that track very close. And it's called On The Way You Go because of like my journey and being queer. Like it is a queer anthem, dare I say. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that yet, but I hope so. I mean, the backstory's fascinating. Your husband would go off to work and you oh, so actually true. recorded that that, oh that track gosh. into your four, phone. 4 a.m. At yes. 4 a.m. into your phone yes. and you just sent it to him. Yes. Oh, my God, yes. I totally forgot. <laughs> That's, um, yeah, also while I was in America. So it's a very finding my feet kind of time and has continued to be and the song's always stayed with me. So you talked about basically them fiddling with your voice, you know, producers. Was that because they wanted you to sound like whoever was the big thing at the time? What was that about? Uh, Yeah, I'd say the trance music was very led by uh, Above and Beyond, (laughs) Giuseppe and Solarstone. That's sort of the three I saw a lot. Oh, Ali and Fila, too. Um. Sorry, could you just repeat the question so I don't not yeah, make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why did they did they fiddle with it? Because they wanted you to sound uh, like Janet Jackson. Oh, gosh. They wanted me to sound like someone. I was never really sure who. I think that girl from the 2000s on... Uh, every time we touch, I get this feeling. And every time we kiss, I swear I could fly. <laughs> Which I'm never going to be. <laughs> who was that? I do not know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I do apologize. So, um, the trance scene, like you made, you did a you did a media conference a few years ago, and you said that you were quitting the trance scene. You kind of yes. have. You've stuck to that. Yes, I've stuck to that because I just want to be a kind of person that does what they say they'll do. And I really had not taken the time to look at myself after transition and see what I wanted for myself. It was very just, I want to sound like a cis girl. I wish I was born a cis girl. Very unhealthy and productive, not helping me. So I I took that break and thank God I did, I think, because maybe I wouldn't be doing music. I remember feeling just bitter because I didn't have variation. I didn't have self-expression. The things that I cling to with music, um, were sort of no longer there and someone had really betrayed me and I tried my hardest, absolute hardest, to take them out of the music industry completely Um, and I just did not have a good time after that. So independent is literally the only way for me. You are independent. I mean, you do (laughs) all of your own stuff. You're you're an independent label, basically. You're an independent producer. You don't have a producer, which is a good thing. So that kind of hideous time in America in some ways actually gave you that great grounding to be that taskmaster and critic. Yeah. Yes. But I think from a much more self-compassionate place these days, uh, that's the last sort of piece I needed to actually not be procrastinating all the time because of perfectionism is like yes that's so important and so grounding for me but not without being self-compassionate yeah a big influence on you was sophie tell us about sophie well you i I absolutely love her drum mixes um and i've had some of the demos and i see that it's some things that i used to do so that's re-entered my own production as well as just um i'm such a fan of her uh production 
So you were doing stuff before Sophie? I would say we were actually working at the same time, but when she had her launch pad moment, oh my God, she went so far, James. Um, it shocked all of us. And same with Kim Petras. Uh, it's inspiring to see that happen. And I had red hair up until today when I dyed it so it would look fresh again. <laughs> but yeah, reminds me of her. And we're going to hear a track by Sophie now. This is Immaterial. I want to hear this. I'm 
Hi, it's Theo Riley, and you're listening to 3CR. That was Sophie with her song Immaterial. Uh, we were just chatting about all her contributions to the pop music scene to artists like Kim Petras, who is also a trans woman making way for us. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you think about her, her Grammy win? I mean, that was pretty huge. But there was um, there was another some, trans woman. Yes, but who, there was some controversy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they kind of, they said, look, you know, I'm the first, we're the first winner of this category. So yes, they kind I think of they clarified it. enough where I'm like, oh, it doesn't really bother me. I don't think. It was more the media than, it, than yes. her, wasn't it? Yeah, I looked that I looked it up again today. Uh, it seems like just the media being the media, taking something and uh, I feel almost just bad for Kim. <laughs> she doesn't deserve to be ridiculed. I feel like if someone actually needs help being an ally, you should help them. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. You've picked a Dido track. Why? Um, because it reminds me of when I was 16, uh, and my ballet teacher, Miss Renee, would always play her music in contemporary dance class. So, yes. Here it is. Don't believe in love. (laughs) I want to go to bed with arms around me. But wake up on my own. Pretend that I'm still sleeping Until you go home Well, I can't look at you this morning I should probably have a sign It says leave right now or quicker You've overstayed your time
Don't believe in love. You are an in-your-face on 3CR with James. I am thrilled to have Thea Riley in the studio. Uh, we were chatting off Mike about your music video for oh, our yes. Get Together. What's happening with that? My God, so many things happening. Um, I guess mostly it's just me really reaching out. <laughs> because, um, yes, I've always kind of done things with no money and been a... A fighter for you can always be resourceful and do things with no money. Um, you know, it's sort of like being in a bad place doesn't have to stop you from getting anywhere. So I found um, some amazing allies. Um, Alex Carnum, who's going to be director of production. Uh, Amanda Dixon, who's going to be designing a makeup look for a shot about unhealthy beauty standards. Um, then I have... SKMK Makeup by Sarah Murphy and she's going to make sure that there's sweatproof makeup for the dancers then I have four dancers uh, and me and we're working on choreography uh, at the moment doing weekly rehearsals so very cool You're really mindful of ethical makeup Yes, I think uh, skin makeup has caused so many problems for so, so many people uh, whether that's actual skin problems like acne or just, you know, uh, they're not being inclusivity in makeup brands. Pigments are just not for everyone and that's not really that great. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many things you can tackle these days, but I think the ones that affected me, that's definitely one of them. Just having to look perfect is not, it's not what we want. We don't want that. We don't like that. And get it together is like we already really know a lot of this stuff we're just reminding ourselves and working on ourselves in healthy ways and ways that don't hurt us because we don't have to be perfect it's, it's not good <laughs> so what's this tell us about the video like like where's it going to be where's it going to be made? <laughs> well i cannot tell you that but i can say it's a completely blacked out space uh, we're going to do a cool elevator type scene where I condense the seven years of my transition into one and come down the elevator into this space and start this dance that we've choreographed. Um, but yes. And then there's another outside location on the water. We're going to do some 
spark cannons, I think they're called. And so it'll be nice reflections and just like beautiful shots, art for the name of uh, queer people in progress. Why can't you tell us the venues? <laughs> because they're very well known and I don't want anyone showing up. I'm sure they wouldn't, but I don't know. But they I might. Just, it's one of my safety things like I was talking about before. <laughs> so Keep um, it safe. Shoestring budget. Shoestring, absolutely. Shoestrings and chewing gum. Uh, but it's not new to me, so it actually feels quite familiar and I feel quite at home uh, doing this. But you sound confident, and I mean, you know, I don't doubt it, but that list of people that you just, you know, basically sprung off, that, that, that list, they sound like they're really good names, really good, really accomplished people. It sounds like you're really confident about this clip. Yes, because they're real um, allies, and I trust them. Um, and when I talk, they know what they mean. And when they talk, I know what they mean. So... You know, everyone deserves clarity, and I think when I see that on a project, it really gives me confidence. Um, yeah, there's been some celebrities who, when asked to clarify what they said, they will make it about them instead of apologising. It's interesting, <laughs> actually, because you've picked um, Troy Sivan I as have your next Sivan. track. Uh, tell us why. Look, uh, Trey was with me all through America, not in person, I don't know him, but just on an emotional level, his music really stuck with me. So during all that learning, he was there. Thea Riley, it's been gorgeous chatting with you in the studio. It's been so much fun. Thank you, James. Kissing up on fences and up on walls On the way home I guess it's all working out Cause there's still too long to the weekend Too long till I drown in your hands Too long since I've been a fool Never knew loving could hurt this good oh, And it drives me wild Cause when you look like that I've never ever wanted to be so bad oh, And it drives me wild i
got a container and it's driving me wild You're driving me wild You make my heart shake, bend and break But I can't turn away and it's driving me wild You're driving me wild Listening to 3CR on this Good Friday, and here's Mazzy Star into dust. i 
In Your Face would like to thank Thorn Harbour Health for their sponsorship of this program. Thorn Harbour Health envisions a healthy future for our gender, sex and sexuality diverse communities, a future without HIV, and a future where all people live with dignity and respect. To find out more, search Thorn Harbour Health on your search engine or Facebook.